Hello everybody and welcome to episode 4 of El Vinilo, the podcast that looks at the greatest albums of all time, the history around it and the context. My name is Matt and this is Adam. Hi Adam. Hi there everyone, you okay? All good, all good. How are you? I'm, uh, I'm alright, not doing too bad, not doing too bad. Good stuff, good stuff. Hey, every one of our episodes so far has been in lockdown, but I was wondering, uh, what, what has lockdown been like? for you how are you doing adam um i'm doing i'm doing okay it's certainly strange it's not fun when the only kind of conversations i can have with some people is just through a window um or on zoom uh, i think technology has really really come to the forefront during all this Um the fact that you can still work and still communicate with people it's not the same but it it, it eases the burden a little bit um and yeah but it, it's it's been okay. It's been okay. Been tough in sometimes, but dealing with it, and of course, not being able to see a barber is uh, it's been a bit strenuous. Yeah, you you are looking. Uh, your hair is growing long. Mine is growing long too. I'm wearing a I'm wearing a hat indoors all the time, <laughs> but I, I'm gonna have to get it cut. But I don't want to be one of those people that uh, gets their wife to film them no. uh, cutting it on Instagram Live or whatever, just because I've got nothing to do. Yeah, but I mean, but do you think? Do you think she'd do a good job though? That's the, that's the question. I think so. I've got a bit of a weird head anyway. I've got I've got a full head of hair, but it is very thick and curly, so it's a bit of a nightmare. So, mm. um, yeah. But are you, are you going to let your housemates do your hair? Or absolutely not. I wouldn't. He's a painter and decorator. Um, so no, no, not at all. And he's quite precise with his work, I'm sure. But you know, painting skating boards is one thing, but cutting my hair is completely different. So, no. Shout out to Mikey if he's listening. Shout out, shout out to Mikey if he's listening. Brilliant. I haven't done trust you. No, I don't. Not, not with, I trust him with many other things, but he can put a TV on the wall. I've seen him do it. It's great. It works fine. It's a bit wonky. But actually, yeah, he put a TV on his wall and it's a bit wonky. So actually, no, I'm not having it. <laughs> yeah, well, wonky yet. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, there you go. You've been called out, Mikey. <laughs> Your, uh, we'd love to hear your response. Uh, <laughs> Just some admin. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, Adam, we talked about how uh, I shared a birthday with Tupac, right? Oh, yeah. Which is the sixteenth of June, and you said a bit, a bit disappointedly that uh, you were sad that no one sh- of interest shared a birthday with you. None, none that came to my mind. Now it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit bereft. Well, well, I made it my mission, <laughs> mission. <laughs> like I went to any effort. I made it my mission to find out someone who has shared a birthday with you. Go on. And so I found the one and only kiss from a rose seal. Really? Seal. That's See, it. Now, he shared a birthday with news. you. This is good news. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, we're both slightly odd looking fellas. <laughs> clearly the 19th of February breeds slightly odd looking fellas. No, that's... that's <laughs> That's good. I think he was in an accident, so his... I th- anyway. I, think, I don't think he was born that way, so I mean, <laughs> you making fun of it is, you know, bad taste no, that's, of anything That's cool, though. That's cool. The uh, Kiss from a Rose from that Batman soundtrack, I mm-hmm. think from a George Clooney Batman film, where they had the rubber nipples on the suit. Um, 
So, yeah, it's if it's not from that one, it's from one of the Tim Burton Batman films anyway, or, or Schumacher films. So I've never seen it. Oh, they're good. Jim Carrey plays the Riddler in one of them. Very good. Very, very good. Shall we make this a movie podcast? We'll make it no, a movie podcast. No, I, I really dislike <laughs> watching films. And it's really been a, a down point to my life is the amount of films I have to watch. Before this lockdown, I'd never watched um, any Marvel films not one shocking shocking and now i am we're doing it chronologically and so we're like seven films in and i think there's 23 i think i don't even know when you say chronologically yes this is real nerdy do you mean the order in which they released or the order of the actual timeline so we found the timeline online somewhere and so we're doing it like we're doing it that way because I, I already knew that if I did it the other way that I wouldn't be able to keep up and I wouldn't be able to do it. I mean, you can keep up if you do them in order they were released because that's the way that everyone else who's watching them has had to do it. True. But I think you get a little bit of a, a flow in the story if you do it chronologically. Yeah, yeah, it fills in some gaps, but you've got to stay towards the very end. Those after credits. Yeah, scenes. I know, I know. It's such a pain. <laughs> I, to be, I'm not really... I'm not really, really into not it into that much, No, I, I tell you, the last one we watched just to do a little bit of a flavour of our movie podcast that won't take off. Mm. We just watched um, Thor, The Dark World. Is that what oh, it's yeah. called? Yeah. I'd give it a strong two out of ten. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a weak one in the in the Thor trilogy. <laughs> so but, bad. But the third one, Ragnarok, very, very good. You're going to enjoy that one. People have told me, so I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, first and the second one, not too great. Um, the first one's okay, but the third one, yeah, real right. real strong in the trilogy. Come on. Um, my wife, Becky, hates Iron Man. That really? She hates him. Just hates him. Like, it took us two weeks just to get around to watching the third Iron Man. I know when things were going badly for him, she loved it. So, wow. <laughs> I know. So, there you go. Mm, uh, that's really... That's quite a polarising... This really is a film podcast now. That is a really polarising... Yeah? Oh, Wow. Should, um, should we get back on track? Because otherwise, sorry, yeah. <laughs> I don't know whether I can concentrate now, though. After that, after that revelation, well, we were talking about Seal, so we've gone yeah. off. We've gone off track a little bit. Slightly music um, adjacent. Yeah, and our last bit of admin is that we have put together a playlist of songs that have been helping us out in lockdown. Uh, and so I have put together 10 songs and Adam has put together 10 songs. And we put it all in one playlist. And so if you search El Vanilo on Apple Music or on Spotify, you'll find our lockdown playlist available. And we hope that blesses you. We hope that brings you some joy. I say 10 songs. I picked a 17-minute Dylan song. I mean, in my 10 songs. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm already uh, going o- above and beyond, really. But Adam, if, if people had to listen to one song in your playlist, what is your top pick? It's a tough one. I'm looking at it right now. And there are, there are a few that I could say. But I'm going to go with one that people might not have heard. Catmandu by Bob Seger. Now, if you've not listened to Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band, very, very good. He's got a few very well-known hits like Night Moves and stuff like that. But yeah, Catmandu, it's um, it's a it's a six-minute song, I think. It's quite a long one. Um, yeah, not 17 very minute though. Rock and roll in the 80s or 70s, and it's just, yeah, very, very nice, good. Nice, nice. I think my playlist was a bit more laid back than yours, so uh, yeah. I think them both together is going to be good. And we just hope that it brings you some... You know, I've just been going through content like it's coming out of my ears or like it's going out of fashion. So um, I am all for just sharing a bit of joy, sharing all the songs that we're listening to at the moment. My pick uh, for this playlist is mm. a Tim Heidecker song uh, called Working From Home. 
Oh. And it's about when he had such a bad hangover that he couldn't go into work and had to call in sick and say so he'd work from home. So it's really good. But it's, it says this line that's like almost prophetic. <laughs> he says, I'm going to wait for the sickness before I go outside or something to that effect. Now it's good. like, it's good. Here, here we are. Just it's wait. relevant. It's relevant, just mm. waiting for the sickness. I don't think it, any of my songs are relevant in mine, but yeah. No, I mean, that's okay. That's okay. But, um, but there you go. Well, we did talk about just a little bit earlier. Uh, I mentioned a 17 minute Dylan song. Mm. Um, and we're actually going to be looking at a Dylan album, not with any 17 minutes. Uh, but we're going to be looking at the freewheeling Bob Dylan from 1963. And so the song that I was talking about, Murder Most Foul, is actually talking about some of the events that happened in 1963. And so 57 years later, Bob Dylan is still talking about this amazing year. So we're going to look at the context, we're going to look at the history, and then we're going to look at the album. But let's do the context and the history first, Adam. Mm. What have you got for yeah, so uh, obviously last episode we were in the late 70s, the tail end of that decade, uh, but now we're going to jump right back, as you said, to the early 60s, 63. Um, obviously the memories of World War II were starting to fade. This was the children born from the soldiers returning, the, the kind of baby boomers, as you'd call them, um, are now teenagers. So this is really their time. And uh, and they're not like their parents who obviously suffered through the war. They're, they're young, they've got freedom ahead of them they've got peace ahead of them um so there's a lot of social movement starting to change we see through the 60s and 63 kind of starts that um really starts that starts to kick off and um, some music events that kind of happened in 1963 there's some big ones uh, and the, i think personally the most world changing moment or moments that happened in 63 are all about beatlemania <laughs> here we go again it's beat, of course. It's Beatlemania, the early years. So, please, please me was released in the UK, and um, the American version was called Introducing the Beatles, but that isn't released until January '64. But in the UK, it's already starting. The Beatles had gone off to Germany in the late '50s, early '60s. They'd done their work, they'd paid their dues, they'd gone all around, and they were really becoming this up-and-coming rock and roll band. Uh, the Rolling Stones also. Uh, came out with their first single, which was a cover of Chuck Berry's song "Come On," and it was released. And it, when it was released, it reached number twenty-one. Um, in my opinion, forever in the Beatles' shadow. But that's just me. In August, the Beatles performed in the famous Cavern Club in Liverpool for the final time. So this is their final hurrah in the club that made them kind of famous. And I think that'd be quite incredible to go there. And I think if I could go back in time to any one day in history and just hang out for that whole 24 hours, it would be that day in August. Because I think it'd be incredible, if I could get in, it'd be incredible to go in and see them perform in the cavern in their, really in their home territory and just rip it up that one last time. I think it'd be incredible. Um, whether they knew that was the last time they played in the cavern, I don't know. But I am... Um, yeah, incredible. In November of that year, again, it's all about the Beatles. After releasing Please Please Me in March, the Beatles released their second album, which is called With the Beatles, and that knocked Please Please Me off the top of the charts. So that had been top since March, and then it's replaced by their second album. And I don't think you could name another band that's ever done that. Um, possibly nowadays, I don't know, some Drake or something has done it, but... But the Beatles were the first to do that. They were just kings. They were the top. 
Um, and it's quite incredible. And then also, uh, non-Beatles related, Don Butchler uh, begins to design an electric music synthesizer in California. So that's obviously really quite important for how music develops later on in the 60s with the psychedelic sound. And then obviously the 70s, 80s, 90s, we use music synths in everything. Um, it's quite incredible. Just quickly, some other events that happened in 1963. Um, the... An insurance firm called State Mutual Life invented the smiley face that becomes popular on everything, that yellow smiley face. It's on frisbees, it's on t-shirts, it's on bumper stickers, it's everywhere. And the lava lamp was invented, quite groovy. JFK was assassinated, Martin Luther King does his I Have a Dream speech, um, and Kenya gained independence from Britain. Uh, now, famous people born, there's a lot of great musicians. Um, Eva Cassidy, Whitney Houston... Jarvis Cocker, Sir Mix-a-Lot from Baby Got Back fame from the 90s. And also, probably the most important musician that was born in 1963, Seal. On the 19th of February, <laughs> 1963, Seal, I don't know what his surname is, came into the world. Mr. Seal. Mr. Seal Sealson came into the world and, uh, and blessed us with a kiss from the room. It's all about so, Seal. It's all about Seal. Also, um, Michael Jordan was born, but... I'd never really heard of him. What's Michael no. Jordan ever done compared to Seal? Not sure. Not so yeah, um, it's a it's a big one in terms of of how the world and, and music and popular culture really kicks off. Yeah, it is. It is. I was thinking about this. I was thinking um, this year is a bit like. So I've been watching a lot of surf videos. <laughs> I know you've heard about this. You but... watch surf videos? I never knew. Yeah, I know. Well, we had we did a quiz and someone asked me to pick um, a fact about me that nobody knew, which is hard because all of our friends talk a lot and I don't have any secrets <laughs> left, to be honest. It's like, I've been ratted out in all of them. Uh, but one of my new things I love doing is watching surfing videos. Mm. And I think it's like it's, there's something deeply spiritual about riding the wave at them. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting take. <laughs> I'm just like, so basically there's this guy uh, called Kyle Fields. This, this is so off the point, but we're going to get to that. There's a guy called Kyle Fields who is a, in a band called Little Wings. Oh, yeah. And they are oh, they're the best. I love them, but they're from California. And he surfs. And he says when he surfs, he doesn't stand up straight. He kind of leans back. So he's virtually like touching the water. And as soon as he told me, I was like, wow, I just need to watch surfing videos <laughs> so that was like a couple of months ago but it was amazing so good so but i think this a year is a bit like the wave is starting out deep in the ocean and starting to creep into shore and the big massive wave isn't anywhere near like seeing the you know i don't know the height of its power mm. but it is deep and it is going fast and it is starting to build up momentum so Oof. yeah so to come and join me and watch um, watch uh, videos, <laughs> but but that's where I, I think uh, this year is at that we're really ramping things up, aren't we? Definitely, definitely. Um, and I think it's a really exciting time. Mm, definitely. To 
to join that in as well, to join that in. Um, in 1963, one of the albums that released was Surfing USA. So just to tie it all together in, on the surfing on. theme. Um, Come on. Yeah, but I do think you're right. It is the start, and it's it's going to build a lot of momentum, this popular wave of rock and roll. And, and yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be alive, I think. Very exciting. And we're still, like, dealing with some of the massive effects mm. from the 60s. Uh, people are still trying to recreate things that happened there all different things uh, but let's get into this album a little bit and we'll look at a bit of the backstory of it uh, but Bob Dylan uh, this is his second album he's still quite young uh, still very young uh, and he walks off the Ed Sullivan show and so he's been songwriting and he has a song and basically Ed Sullivan is fine with it um, and then he gets censored by the people who want to put on uh, who are putting the show on like the producers and things like that so he doesn't we talked about last week that um, Elvis Costello changed his song midway through in Saturday Night Live which was ballsy and was amazing and so cool to watch if you haven't seen that video check it out but there is no video of Bob Dylan on the Ed Sullivan show in 1963 because he just walked off this was like the biggest moment of his career if you think about the Beatles doing it just a, a year later a couple of years later like it changed their life. It was one of the biggest things that ever happened. And here's Bob Dylan walking off and just not even... He's not dealing with anyone censoring him. He's not having it. And so uh, Dylan is writing his own music and his first album, uh, he only had two original songs on it. Whereas this album is mainly and mostly um, just Dylan original songs. And he's songwriting like never before. He's finding like a new kind of skill set. He's finding a new um, just ideas all the time. And he, when someone asked him how many songs he was writing, he said, oh, well, last night I think I wrote about five or six, maybe even seven. <laughs> and he did, and that's just in one night, you know what I mean? He's, mm. he's just like, and he said, oh, I think I gave some of them away. Like, he's not even keeping them. Like, he's wow. just writing songs. Uh, and, you know, the famous uh, song off this album, uh, Blowing in the Wind, is actually uh, a Peter, Paul and Mary song. And they they make it famous, um, but it's it's obviously a Dylan song, and so he has no problem giving his music away, and he has no problem with ideas, and so he ends up with this album, uh, the Freewheeling Bob Dylan, and so let's talk a little bit about it. But what did you think of the album, Adam? Do you ever like got into this before? For me, this is like. This is something I listen to quite regularly. I listen to this album quite a lot. Is it something that you listened to before, or what is your what's your past experiences of Dylan? Uh, my past Dylan experiences are mainly focused around the Traveling Wilburys, which was the supergroup formed by like George Harrison um, and Jeff Lynne from ELO. Um, so I'd known him, I'd heard him in that, and he takes a bit of a back seat in the Traveling Wilburys. He's mainly just I don't know, guitar, adds in a few lines. Um, apart from one song called Tweeter and the Monkey Man, which is this big, long song, uh, this story about this uh, man who loves this woman and gets caught up with some gambling in New Jersey. Um, and, and I can see, even though he was about 50 or, or so during the Traveling Wilburys, there's a lot of his songwriting in 
have Twitter and the Monkey Man, that song, in this album. It's all stories and it's all anecdotal. And it's, he loves to paint a picture. Um, lyrically, this, the songs are, are amazing. Um, so I'd never listened to this album before. Um, but there was one song that I did know uh, and really, really love it. It's one of my favourite songs, which is Don't Think Twice, It's Alright. Um, Dylan seems to have this way of being... It's like a breakup song and it's really kind of passive-aggressive. Um, like it's none of it's horrible and none of it's kind of mean-spirited but it lets the person who it's directed at know exactly that oh this was a complete waste of time thank you very much see you later I think it's quite brilliant and the, the line don't think twice it's all right it's quite cutting in a way um it's a bit of a yeah it's just brilliant um things about this album that I really like the guitar playing I don't think Dylan ever gets a lot of credit for his guitar playing. Obviously, everyone knows him for for his quite unique voice. Um, but his guitar playing is really, really good. Obviously, it's that folk-picking kind of sound. Um, one of the songs in particular that stood out to me was Down the Highway. It reminded me a lot of kind of the Robert Johnson style, um, where the guitar playing takes a backseat during the verses, but then once the verses finish and in between verses... It kind of you can hear him and he's picking and playing, um. So yeah, so there was it was a good album. I really I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I shall be free. That was another song that stood out to me. It was funny, anecdotal. It mentioned JFK. Um, just yeah. Um, as they love to tell a story, it's really understandable how he won a Nobel Prize for literature. I, I think it's really quite quite easy to see because it is just kind of a lot of poetry. Uh, yeah, so yeah. loved it. And I think Dylan gets a lot of bad, like, people speak about him like like he's never done anything before and he's a bit of a meme on himself or he's a bit of a caricature. But I, and I do understand that. Like, I understand that he's done music that, like, you know, some of it's been amazing, some of it hasn't been amazing. Like, I, to I totally get that. But, but people slate him for getting that Nobel Prize. But I'm like, have you ever read his literature? Do you know what I mean? Like, he, have you ever listened to his songs? It's it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, all, a lot of the things that I liked, I, I love Dylan's guitar playing. I love his voice. Like, I, th I think he's a great player. I think he's very underrated as a player. And just because he doesn't do ripping solos, it doesn't mean he doesn't write a good song. And, you know, this this whole album has, like, three um, main sounds on it. And that's his guitar, his harmonica, and his voice. And, you know, he sounds really great doing that. Um, but lyrically, uh, you know, Girl from the North Country is, is a favourite of mine. I love that song so much. And, like, I fell more in love with it just um, just listening to this album again. I just kept going back to it and kept going back to it. Um, and just the way that he writes it at the time of uh, writing a lot of these songs, his girlfriend, who he'd been living with, has moved to Italy to go to, like, boarding school and to go away. And so... Um, and so she has moved out there and so a lot of the lyrics are kind of like that that feeling like that wanting the the waiting the missing and i, I just really like it um so that's one of my favorites 
as we know with Dylan as well he is uh, into writing a protest song and nobody quite writes a protest song like Dylan he does an amazing job of them and so the first experience that we get of that is with Masters of War and he doesn't pull any punches here he goes uh, for it he really goes in hard I, I just want to read these lyrics to you because they're just amazing so it says uh, how much do I know to talk out of turn you might say that I'm young you might say I'm unlearned but there's one thing I know though I'm younger than you that even Jesus would never forgive what you do oh. it's amazing isn't it and he's really going after these people that make money from war that deliberately you know uh, you know make them happen and then just sit on sit back, watch it happen, watch the death count uh, just go up and up and up and they don't even really take any of the blame for it. And I think actually we live in a world where we can see that um, some of our leaders care more about their presidential run than they care about the amount of people dying in their country. Absolutely. It's crazy. And so I think this song is as relevant now as it's ever been. But... But it's hard cutting. It's really authentic. It's pointing the finger right at these people. It's a caring for the people who don't get a voice. Oxford Town is another one of my favourites. And he just talks about, like, uh, he just brings up the colour of a man's skin and says, like, so what do you think about that then? Do you know what I mean? He deliberately brings it up. He deliberately gives a voice to those people who are giving voices. And this isn't like it's cool to do that. Now, this is at a time where people are getting death threats if they're doing that. People are, um, you know, people aren't cool if they're doing that. Martin Luther King wasn't cool for doing it. He stood up for it, and that's what made him different, wasn't it? And, and Dylan, is some, in his own way, in his own different way, is doing that here with this album. There's a, a lot of, especially in America, well, yeah, in America, segregation is still a huge thing. A lot of Jim Crow laws are still in effect in, in the southern states like Georgia. Um, Ray Charles was actually banned from his own home state, and this was later on in the 60s, because he refused to play in front of a segregated audience. The Beatles later on refused to play in front of a segregated audience. So this is this is really something that is present for the people in america especially in the southern states that you know people of different races don't mix even yeah. in this even in a, a rock and roll show you don't you have your place you have your place it's a very it's a very present thing for them and so to call it out and yes he's got a bit of privilege being a, a white male yeah but for him to call it out is still still something that's remarkably it's remarkable um for him to do that at this time definitely Last week I talked about my favourite ever lyric mm. being in a Dylan song, and specifically in this album. Uh, did you have any ideas of what it would be? Or I uh, I didn't. I hope it's one of the funny ones, though, um, like in uh, in I Shall Be Free, because there's a lot of fun things like I, I dropped paint on my head and stuff like that. So I'm hoping it's one of them, but I, <laughs> I feel like it's going to be one of the more serious ones. It is, it is, it is, it is. Um, and so it's from the song A Hard Rains Are Gonna Fall. And this song is the, I mean, it's one of the best songs ever, you know, top 10 songs ever, maybe for me. Uh, and it's a dad talking to his son about the state of the world and all that he is seeing. And he's kind of like, it's got that like handing over the baton thing about it. That's what I think. If you can hear the helicopter, I apologize. Uh, the police are catching all those in 
not in isolation. They're going crazy. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, uh, hard rain's going to fall. Um, and so it's about this dad who is, you know, handing on the baton to his son. And so it's just the most amazing thing. And Dylan, in a lot of the time, doesn't have choruses. He just does verse after verse after verse after verse. Uh, but somehow he still makes it catchy and makes you makes it easy for you to listen to. And so every verse starts with, and what will you do now, my blue-eyed son? And what will you do now, my darling, my darling young one? I just think, like, if I was in my early 20s, I mean, I'm not that far off that anyway, but, you know, if I was in my early 20s, like, would I have the mindset of thinking about a dad with his young son? That's such, like, a mature th- process, a thought. I don't know where that comes from. And and he goes through all these things, Um that he's seen i walk i'll walk into the depths of the deepest dark forest you know all these things um where the where black is the color where none is the number just amazing lyrics Uh, and so it it carries on and i'll stand on the ocean until i start sinking like you don't even know what it means but it sounds so good and you want to know and people have poured over trying to figure out these things but the next line is my ultimate favorite Uh, and says but i'll know my song well before i start singing Mm -hmm. but i'll know my song well before i start singing and it's a hard it's a hard it's a hard rain that's gonna fall and i as a musician as someone who sings and uh, my own like world is like congregational worship and this line here but i'll know my song well before i start singing is like i'm gonna be authentic and i'm gonna have lived my lyrics and i'm gonna know it so well that you know there's no pretense about it and i just think wow like what what a great lyric so you know that it's actually like written in my office i'll know my song well (laughs) before i start singing and it's not just about knowing the lyrics it's about you know really authentically living it and so i think this album is just the most amazing thing it's it's (laughs) a it's like a historic event this album Mm -hmm. um and you know we we talked last week about you know if if Sly and the Family Stone album is an education, then the next one was a master's, you know, and mm. that we listened to from Elvis Costello. And I think if those things are that, then this is just like the best English class you could ever be in. This is like poetry, isn't it? Um, but but deeper than that, it's it's like protests, it's love, it's music, <laughs> it's those guitars, and um, I just think it's amazing. I think it's I so think, good. Yeah. I think the literature that that lasts a long time and that is taught in schools and is is studied are things that aren't just, you know, base level. They mean something. It's like Animal Farm, it's it's satire, but it's a bit protest. The poems of Siegfried Sassoon and Wilfred Owen, they're protest poems of World War One. You know, Shakespeare's love sonnets, they mean something. They've got a bit of a bit of substance to them. Yeah. And that's why it's taught and that's why, you know, because it it's more impactful to to, to humans, isn't it? So mm. so as you say, this is if you're looking for something that is kind of a mix of all that and the best of it, yeah. I think this album definitely is speaks to that. Yeah. Absolutely. I wish I'd have been taught Dylan in school. I'd have, yeah. I'd have loved it. I would have <laughs> loved, absolutely loved um, learning some of that stuff. 
And I actually listened to this podcast um, called a Bob Dylan Album by Album. And it is the, it's one of the best podcasts I've ever heard. And this guy does, uh, he basically does like audio essays on each album. And he doesn't just pick the good ones like we do. <laughs> he, <laughs> picks, like, he talks about the bad ones. Like the first episode I ever listened to, he was like, so we're going to take this Dylan album. And it was like one from the 90s. And I was like why the hell are we listening to this <laughs> and i loved it i was like i'm i'm actually into this album mm. now and he talks about it so well and he takes the good and the bad so uh, bob dylan album by album go and check it out because honestly that inspired me to start doing a music podcast it's it's so good it's so good thank you to that yeah yeah <laughs> and wh what we like to do on this podcast is we like uh, to compare it to an album that is out at the moment uh, see how it stands up see if it stood the test of time see what music looks looks like at the moment and so we're going to compare it to three two one by stella lennon which i had never heard i'd never heard of stella lennon before this album and it's a bit of a um it's like a pop album basically isn't it it's very poppy and mm. um, mm. great vocals on it kind of um it's not like all out it's kind of laid back a little bit and uh what did you think of three two one adam so I wasn't quite sure what, what to expect. I know a few people who are quite big fans of hers. Um, and I'd like grown up with her and, and stuff like that. So she became famous acting in the TV show Nashville, um, oh, which right. is obviously about country music in, in Nashville. Mm. Uh, so I was kind of expecting this to be possibly a country album or to have country flavors in it or something. Um, but it's not. It is just, as you say, a, a poppy album. It's more kind of like Billie Eilish laid back, maybe Rex Orange County kind of laid back. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the genre is, but there's got to be a name of the genre that's like laid back pop. Um, yeah, but it's not. It's not laid back in like. It's not totally laid back, is it? it it's got some. It's not under sixty BPM or whatever. Like no, no. It, it, but instrumentally, like it's it's very sparse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But um, it's not trap beats yeah. as well. Like it. It's, more it's mellow. That. It's it's quite a mellow feel to it. It's a it's possibly one you can stick on and relax to. Um, you know, if you're doing some work or something, it's got that. And as you meant, like uh, vocals, great vocals, but they are quite breathy. Um, but that kind of just adds to it. Um, I feel. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It was a, a solid, solid album. Um, songs like golf on TV. Um, had some great little piano movements in it. Um, that I really enjoyed, um, that were a little bit different from maybe just your standard four chords that you'd hear. It's got a little sort of extra, a little bit of spice to keep you guessing. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it. What did you What did you feel about it? Yeah, I enjoyed uh, the, some. I enjoyed some of the songs. I, I didn't. I mean, I didn't think it was as good as the Dylan album, but <laughs> I mean that's okay, isn't it? Because that's one of the best albums ever. But in my opinion, uh, but Games was really good. Kissing other people. It was really good. Golf on TV. I, I thought that was like uh, such a funny name. You, you told me the reason for this for this album title, right? What can you remember what the reason was? So it was her and and one of her writing team uh, were discussing about just you know, just chatting, and they were talking about um, open relationships and and you know relationships that are between more than just you know two people. Um, and one person, person she was speaking to, was like, "I don't quite understand why you'd have an open relationship and why you'd have more than one 
other person in the relationship. But then I also don't understand why people watch golf on TV. So maybe the world's just a little <laughs> bit crazy. And she thought, well, that's a good title. Let's yeah, sing about that. And it's just quite interesting how people can just have these moments of inspiration just in everyday, um, everyday conversation. To bring it back to the Beatles, as I always like to do, it reminds me of how they came up with the title Hard Day's Night. It was just something that Ringo kind of said after a really long t- long day of recording. He was tired. He was like, oh, it's been a, a hard day's night. And they jumped on it and went, great, we'll name the next album and the next film or the first film after that. Um, so it's quite interesting how how people come up with these titles for songs and it can just be an everyday conversation, just a little ism that they say. Mm-hmm. And it is a good album, isn't it? Like, I mm. really liked it. I th- as I said, I think it's really hard comparing it to, to the freewheeling Bob Dylan. But I think if you want a good album to listen to, um, I mean, this is a lot better than other things. I thought it was better than last week's album that we listened to. Oh, no, not last week's. Last week was Jerry Cinema. I enjoyed that. The week before, the new Toronto 3. Yeah. Uh, this is well better than the new Toronto 3. Mm, different uh, genres, but definitely better. Yeah. yeah. But then it's probably <laughs> not as good as Dua Lipa's album, is it? That is, in the modern albums that we've listened to, for me, that's been the top. That was really uh, good. Kind of in terms of listenability and just kind of fun and, and yeah. And this is all just our own opinion. So, you know, Mm. go and listen to them and tell us which one you think you like better. Uh, But we we do this thing like a would you rather, would you rather keep, uh, if we had to delete one album, would you rather keep the Bob Dylan album or would you rather keep the Stella Lennon album. Which one has them? Which one are you keeping? Uh, for me, it would be the Freewheel and Bob Dylan. Um, I'd definitely keep that one. Um, just because of where it sits culturally. Um, we always talk about, I think I'm going to mention this every time now. If Please we look don't in say 50, the Beatles again. No, no. Uh, although, okay, no. If we look <laughs> in 50 years' time, are we still going to be listening to 321 Lennon Stella? Are we still going to be listening to that album? I'm not sure we will. I'm sure she'll go on to do amazing things in her career, but will it stand the test of time like this album? I think in another 50 years, people will still be talking about Bob Dylan and the Freewheel and Bob Dylan album. So so for me, that one definitely stays in there. Mm. Three, two, one has to go. How about yourself? I think I know the answer, but... Yeah, I know, I know. I haven't kept it quiet, have I, that I'm really into this Bob Dylan album. So I'm, I'm going to keep that and I'm going to take that um, and I'll delete the other one. I just think... You know, we we both have a love for Passenger, don't we? Mm. Uh, the band, or well, it's just one guy, but the guy Passenger and his music. And um, I don't think you'd have Passenger without this Bob Dylan album. I mean, it, w- it definitely wouldn't sound like this. Absolutely. He he has just birthed like a whole genre here. And mm. um, like, although folk has always been a thing, you know, it's one of the oldest genres around. But... Uh, you know, he's made it mainstream here and he's given it some balls with some of the uh, protest mm. songs. And I, I think that, you know, what Bob Dylan did then, people are still like loving and, and being inspired by and still writing and recording. And uh, so I think, yeah, I think I'm going to keep the Bob Dylan album. Mm. Yeah. I wonder, quick question for you. Yeah. So obviously this is 
a list of a hundred albums. Yeah. And they were only, what, this is 97 or something? 96. 96. So this is quite high up in the list of a hundred albums. Yeah. Because you love this album so much, are you a little bit unhappy that this is so high up? Would you rather it would be like, you know, oh, so low down rather? Would you rather it be higher up? I'm I'm furious, you know. Mm. I I am actually a bit furious about this (laughs) because I've been writing down so when we've done these 100 albums we're then gonna do albums that we think should have made it and that would have made it that list and i've started writing my list already i think i'm already up to six or seven albums <laughs> um but but this album this is one of my favorite dylan albums and like i've been i haven't listened to every dylan album yet but i've listened to probably half of them now mm. and that I think this is amazing. Like, this is such a good album, such great songs. I I can't believe, I can't (laughs) believe it's... Well, I'll tell you what, Sly and the Family Stone, I was surprised that got in, right? (laughs) And I saw later on in the list, there's a Sly and the Family Stone, Greatest Hits. It's not even, it's not even a a proper (laughs) album, it's a compilation. And the flipping compilation beats this Bob Dylan album. Are you high? (laughs) <laughs> what's going on do you know what I mean like wh- who put this together like oh furious it's gonna, it's gonna make me really angry but, but I seriously I mean I put this in my top in my top 10 and we're gonna do that in a bit but I would put this in the top 10 of all time wow um, okay easily I th- I think it's I don't know I think it's as good as Sergeant Peppers I think it's as good as Pet Sounds I, I think it's done as much for culture <clears throat> I mean that that's quite a big statement but it is a big statement but i i think it's amazing so but i mean blowing in the wind Mm. uh, my wife is telling me that her sister used to sing blowing in the wind in assembly (laughs) wow (laughs) yeah just really crazy just weird (laughs) and no no one really knew and they were all like singing the answer my friend (laughs) like all these (laughs) all these seven-year-old kids (laughs) and like they've got no idea what's going on but like you know this album changed the world in my opinion like it did amazing things and 40 years later kids are still singing it so um yeah that's that's what i think about it anyway so (laughs) uh, we were going on to it but let's do it our hall of fame Mm. and so we are doing these albums we're going to do 100 of them and if we like an album a lot we can put it into our hall of fame which means uh, we get 10 albums that we can pick from from this 100 we can't swap any out at the end of the day uh, adam already has one album which was the elvis castillo album in his top one uh, top 10 um i still have all my 10 but i can tell you now that i mean it's no surprise because i've already given it away but this album is going into my top 10 it's going into my top 10. I absolutely love it. Um, I'll say it again. <laughs> and I'll keep saying it. One of my favourite albums of all time. I'm um, not sure how you feel about this album. You've not quite, you've not quite said it. Um, maybe was, we can dive into it a bit more. I was more. just no. going to say it again, but I, I'm not going to say it. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so this is, going, this is the first album that's going in my top 10. So there we go. Uh, what about you, Adam? Is it going in yours? Uh, so it doesn't quite make mine. Um, I've only got nine places left. I've got to be precious with them. And I know, I know there are some great albums coming up. Not that this isn't a great album, but for me, it just doesn't quite, doesn't quite make it. And I'm not entirely sure why, um, because it is a great album. And the more I listen to it, the more into it I get. And the more I really want to get down to the, especially the guitar playing, that really grabs me a lot. Um, 
but no, it doesn't make my top ten. Something you said, so breaking the fourth wall again. This is our second record. Once again, <laughs> once again, once again, my fault because I uh, I somehow deleted the audio from last time. Um, but something you said the last time we recorded was for some people this might be quite hard to listen to and to get into if they're not used to folk or if they're not mm. used to. And I think you were right. Like it is a bit of a hardcore album to get into, yeah. and so I do see how it might miss some people's radar like they may not be able to get through some of the um you know down the highway that guitar playing like does it sound particularly pretty or nice no it doesn't it it doesn't sound like it's recorded i mean particularly well you know what i mean but i but i so it might be for some people that they struggle to get into the album for that reason so maybe that's why it's not higher up and so uh yeah gotta have a bit of grace <laughs> absolutely yeah so there we go um so something that we do as well is we like to uh rate the albums out of five to uh see and keep on top top of which albums are our favorites collectively and mm-hmm. individually and so uh big thanks to friend of the show phoebe abbott uh, she helped me out with a spreadsheet that had all 100 albums and at the end right when you put the scores in it adds them together now for some of you, you might be like, well, that's dead easy. <laughs> but for uh, for creatives like me and Adam, I mean, Adam works in IT, so... <laughs> don't don't ask me for any help on Excel, though. I haven't got a clue. Ring Microsoft. If you've got a problem with Excel, ring... No, I'm going to go on a rant. Ring Microsoft if you've got a problem with Excel. I haven't got a clue. I will just tell you to turn it off and on again. But it is magic. Um, yeah, so hopefully we'll get a good you know round score at the end and yeah. we'll, we'll see how well, it we've got our very own Bill Gates... Phoebe Abbott right there so <laughs> a shout out to her thank you so much for helping me out um but yeah so uh we can keep score and keep a tally of what's going on and so uh what are you giving this album out of five Adam I think oh it's made, made me really think I'm gonna have to go with a 3.5 oh my goodness 3.5 just over it's way more than over half. My maths has really let me down here. Three point five before I dig myself into a hole. Amazing, amazing. So three point five for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna give it a five. Wow. <laughs> this, is, this is the first album that's getting a five. You won't be surprised by the fact that I'm giving it that. But honestly, like, I love it. And so this is this for me is a perfect album. And that's what mm. a five is. Perfect. So yeah, yeah. No improvement needed. No improvement either, no. And well, you know, the a little fact for you are Bob Dylan features in this list more than anybody else. So we are going to listen to plenty of Dylan uh, as we go along. And so we'll see if it uh, all, if this is as good as it gets for him or whether we'll get better. But I'm really excited to uh, carry on. Amazing. So we have reached the end of the podcast. If you're still listening, thank you so much for still listening. We're really enjoying doing these and we hope you are too. And uh, if you're not subscribed or you're new to the podcast, then why not subscribe? We'd love to just uh, connect with you guys. We would love to listen along. And we keep saying that this is more like a listening club. You know, we want to listen to these albums together. Uh, We want to have more than just mine and Adam's voice in this. Uh, We want to share your thoughts as well and so if you've got any thoughts on the 
on the albums we've been doing please let us know uh, we're on twitter instagram uh, we're on facebook now as well uh, and so on instagram you can find us at l vanilo at l vanilo and on twitter we are on uh, l vanilo too mm-hmm. um, my personal handle for instagram is matt courtney music and adam yours is uh, adam courtney 95 so that's for instagram and for twitter it is uh, at adam alive brilliant brilliant mm-hmm. adam alive um and so uh, you can find us on elvin Dilo on facebook as well we would love to chat to you there there are some comments on there already coming through so thank you so much if that is you uh and you know why don't you give us a positive review on itunes we would love it if you could do that uh you can just click the the five stars or the less if you think it deserves less uh but please nothing you know if it's less than if it's less than four just just send us abuse like you don't need to you don't need wow. to put it in there uh, <laughs> you send them to ask adam alive that'll be perfect bring it on bring it on i've got <laughs> i've got nothing else to do all day working from home really has opened up my schedule so i'm more than happy to take those comments on board amazing amazing um and yeah, we but we would love to open up the conversation about uh, this podcast or the albums that we're listening to and next week's album. So we're telling you next week's album already so that we can all listen to them and come back here and have an um, informed opinion on it. And so to listen along, you will need to listen to the album Tommy by The Who. Just silence. That's yep. all it's getting. That's Tommy all it's getting. by The Who. Have you listened to this yet? Um... Spoiler for once, because usually it's you who listen to it. Yes, I have. Come on. Mm. I actually haven't. Right. You are in... Yeah. Yeah. Although I do know it's a flipping long album. It is. I will say this, uh, not to go too deep into it, but it is a very... I think it's an hour and 15. Stop um, it. And some songs are like seven or eight minutes. So, yes. And some songs are like one minute. So, yeah, you're in for a journey. A journey? Come on. Is what I will say. Come on. Well, I'm excited about it. Well, amazing. Thank you so much for listening. We really love doing this and uh, having you come along for the ride, for the journey. And so uh, we hope you stay safe. We hope you stay good. Uh, Enjoy the playlist. Enjoy getting involved with what we're doing. And we hope to see you next week. Have a good week, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.